0: Uh, person in our story. He, he wants our lives to revolve around him. And uh, along the ways, we're learning these lessons, aren't we? Uh, we learn them through our failures. We learn them through our successes. And, but nonetheless, we've got stories. And uh, at this time, we've got four of our youth who are going to share uh, a part of their story with you, uh, something that God has done in their lives, something he's teaching them um, through all the kinds of experiences of life. You'll hear a diversity of stories but what the, the common thread is that there's a God who's working through them. Um, our, our hope and our prayer, honestly, from this t- the, the remaining time of our worship, is that all of us will be spurred on in our faith. Um, if you're a youth today, that you'd be encouraged because of what God can and will do through you. Uh, if you're a little older than a youth, as many of us are, and some of you are more seasoned than others, um, but for all of us, my hope is that, that we would be inspired, right? Um, That we be encouraged, that we look at these youth and say, man, God, you're doing it. And even that their faith and their stories might even confront us in our lives. That ever happened to you? Uh, A young person's example uh, calls you out on your own apathy or your own passivity. And you're like, man, God, that's what's up. I got to get on this. And so our youth, we're we're thrilled you're going to be sharing with us. Um, Avion, I believe you're first up, man. Uh, Would you come on up and share with us what God has in your heart?
1: Hello? All right. (laughs) I'm sorry, everybody. Um, I just want to try one thing. Is that fine with you guys? Alright. God is good all the time. (laughs) All Sorry. I just want to start off with that. I've always wanted to try that. Um... Alright, so let me start off. Testimonies are a very emotional thing for me. They're a very like powerful thing. I feel like when we share testimony, you give like a little sneak peek about how you live life and like what life is for you and your walk with Jesus. So I think this is like a good thing for all of us to do at one point, especially the youth. Um so yeah, I was I grew up in uh of the Christian faith. Yeah, we I grew up in a church. Um It was pretty hard for me, per se, because I didn't have a father figure growing up, so it was kind of hard for me to, like, adjust to, like, thinking that, oh, yeah, he's the only father you need, and, like, it's, like, a sort of abandonment, I felt, so I didn't really, like, pursue it as much as I wish I did as a younger child, but later on going through life and, like, going through, like, the motions, I guess you can say, um, I started thinking about it, and it really clicked to me that even though I might not have that one father, father figure in my life, he will always be there for me, and I can always count on Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Um... Yeah, so I'm proud to be up here doing this. I never thought I would be giving my testimony on a church service or a sermon. So this is really cool for me, per se. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, that's really all I have to share. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it.
2: Okay, so um, so about last year, I think, can I, can I come up here? Okay. So about last year, um, you know, born and raised in the church, I always felt like he was there with me, but I never really felt connected with him like other people did. So, like, when I found out my mom put me in a Christian camp, I thought it was going to be, like, the longest four days of my life. (laughs) So, um, yeah, and I was, like, really going to be stressed out because I did not know anything about church and God and stuff. I wasn't really paying attention during church school. So, anyway, (laughs) um, when I got there, uh, I really started to notice how God was anointing other kids and uh, I thought, wow, maybe I should give it a try. So my counselor, uh, she prayed for me, and after that, I don't know what happened. I don't know what she even said. I just blanked out, and I was just like on fire for God. <laughs> and uh, she, all I know is that she gave me this one scripture. I think it was. Um, I think it was First Timothy four twelve. Yeah. Um, it says, "Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in, p- in purity." Um, I don't know why that's said in my heart, but like that scripture means a lot to me. Like you know, just because you're young or you don't have much or you don't see much, like you can still be an example for others. So yeah. that's all <laughs>
3: okay there you go (laughs) all right my name is Guillermo that's most you know um, and I'm gonna be sharing a little bit of my life so I was really close to God growing up and I went to a whole new CPS school um, at the fifth grade and I really loved God at the time I would share about him and preach about him and everything in public schools then um, I basically got shut down, so I figured it, it was like the hard way that I shouldn't be sharing about him, even though I should. But then 6th um, grade came, and I was, started talking to the wrong crowd. And then 7th grade came, and basically everybody changed, so it was like I was hanging around, around the wrong crowd. So then um, some of my friends began, friends began to do dumb things, things I wasn't comfortable with. But even though I wasn't comfortable with it, I acted as if I were to fit in. And then um, I was tempted to do the same things that they were doing. And so I was battling doing right from wrong. My friends began to pressure me into dating girls and doing drugs. And this was all in seventh grade. And I started to ignore them because it was pretty stupid and they got mad at me. So all the girls were mad at me. All the guys were mad at me. For weeks I hid this from my parents and I didn't talk to anyone about it and my friends, my so-called friends, wanted to fight me because I, wouldn't, I wasn't dating any girls that wanted to date me. So then I became depressed and I isolated myself. Instead of talking to my parents or looking for godly counsel, I went to another friend who gave me bad advice. During all this time I was praying and asking God to help me out but I didn't know what else to do. One night, my mom randomly checked my phone messages, and she really did check them. She went through Instagram, Snapchat, and seen everything. It was annoying, but I had to go through it. (laughs) She came to my room and asked me what was happening and began to ask a lot of questions. I began to open up to her and told her everything that I was going through. There was a moment that my mom asked me if I was praying and seeking God's help, and and I said, I have been praying and I haven't been getting any answers, but then I realized that by my mom searching my phone and asking me what's wrong, that that's God answering and that the strength to not fall into temptation or follow along is God answering. And God opened the door to share this that I was going through. And I am thankful that God hears me and is always with me. Since then, I've learned to take better choices and to look for godly counsel.
2: Um, Okay, so everybody's been sharing, like, a little sneak peek of their life, but I feel that God hasn't given me the right story to tell you guys yet, and I believe he's still writing it, so um, I just feel encouraged right now by everybody's testimonies, and um, I, I know that God is always there for me, and he will always be there for me, and um, there's a seed in my heart that God has, and it's never going to go away, and um, I hope to share my testimony when God writes it. <laughs> soon <laughs>
0: And it's been, uh, it's been super encouraging just seeing the journey even with them as when we started gathering with our youth, um, the apprehension of, of being a part of and leading a youth service. And um, I just want to pray. I want to keep unpacking a little more of what some of the things that they touched on. But let, let me just pray, just ask for God's his seeds to be sown in our hearts even as, as we reflect on what they've been sharing. God, we, we do pray that you keep um, just working in all of our hearts, God, as you're doing um, encouraging us, God, that you are, um, you're at work, you're writing a story, you're doing things for each of us and in our lives, and Lord, I pray that you would remind us even now, God, of your um, continued goodness, of your, your steadfast love, and uh, of your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Mia mentioned a, a verse in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, and uh, I just want to unpack some of that for you guys. Um, that was the plan, I didn't know you were going to read it, so look at this. Um, you know, the book of First Timothy is written by Paul to a guy named Timothy who was a young pastor at the time. We don't know his exact age, but we do know he was young enough to be just concerned about whether or not people would look down on him because he was young. And uh, as, just as Mia was saying, I know a lot of times for many of our youth, um, there is that concern, right? There's that concern of, will people take me serious? And um, my message in large part today is mostly for you who are youth today. Um, so I, I want to be talking to you directly, and the rest of you could be spectators on, on the stage. And, and I know God's going to, and I, other times I'll address you guys directly as well. Um, but the, the verse says, let no one look down or despise you for your youthfulness. And uh, the word despise means to look down upon and to frown upon. And, and maybe there's times where you feel that as a youth. You feel like maybe people are, aren't taking you serious. And uh, many of us who are adults, we, we realize, you know what, sometimes we don't, we kind of discredit the youth. We think, like, what do you really know? We think that. We think, man, if you've lived the life I've lived, then you have the wisdom I've got, but, but you, don't, you don't have it. And, and so sometimes it's despising. And, and, um, and what I want us to do right here, I, I want our youth, I want you guys to feel super empowered here by God himself because of verses like this. If we search the Bible, I think you'd be amazed to see how God uses youth. The scriptures take the story of Joseph. You guys may have known it. Joseph was 17 years old when he had his first vision from God. He, he dreamed a dream at 17 years old. He was probably around, you know, not much older when he was sold into slavery by his own brothers. But it was Joseph's faith in God as a youth that set him into trajectories. When he got older, he's one of the heroes of the faith. He faced temptation. He faced all kinds of uh, of betrayal, but it's his youthful faith that sustained him. Take King David. Any idea how old he was about when he put down Goliath? You see, the people of Israel were required to go to war at the age of 21 years old. David wasn't at war, which means he was less than 21, but David had other brothers who were not at war because they were less than 21 and they were older than him. So unless his parents had multiple kids in the same year, which isn't really too realistic, like five of them in two years, um, David was at the, old, at, the young, uh, at the oldest 19, but could have been as young as 15 years old. And the story of King David with Goliath is, you've you got to understand this, it, it's not so much about us slaying our giants, all right? Um, that, that's a true principle, but that's not the story of King David and Goliath. See, David and Goliath's story is about Goliath, a man who hated David's God, And he went up and mocked David's God. And David heard this Philistine giant, this nine-foot soldier, this warrior, mocking his God. And David said, who does this man think he is to mock my God? The story of David and Goliath is not about a giant, but it's about David and his God and his passion for his God. It was the kind of passion that made him take action as a youth. How about Josiah? He was one of the kings of Israel and became king at eight years old. That's a little younger than you guys who are youth. But by the time he was in his youth, in his teen years, in his young adult years, he was leading a nation according back to God's ways. See, the kings before him were wicked. They betrayed God. And Josiah said, no, 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 that's not happening here on my watch. I might be young, but I'm going to transform this nation. King Josiah. Or how about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? These these four men, they were captured in their own land and brought to Babylon as youth. And there in Babylon, they said, you know, we're not going to go with the king's plans. We're going to go with what our God wants. We're going to take this diet of vegetables and let us eat that rather than the king's food because we want to set ourselves apart. And we want the king to know that it's our God who gives us strength. They were youth. And last but surely not least is Mary, the mother of Jesus, but a teenager when the angel Gabriel says, Mary, you will be with child from the Holy Spirit. And, and Mary as a youth says, let it be as God has said. I mean, that's, that's faith. So when the scripture says to you guys who are youth, let no one look down on your youthfulness, it's because God doesn't look down on your youthfulness. It's because the Bible doesn't look down on youthfulness. But, you know, there are times, though, our youthfulness sometimes can get in the way from what God really wants us to do. And this is where the rest of the verse comes in. He says, instead of having people look down on youthfulness, let your life do something different. He says, um, instead of letting them look down on youthfulness, be an example to the believers. Be an example to them. An example is, is someone who, who lays out something you should do and follow with it. All right, I buy furniture at Ikea, I see an example in the diagram, and you know, step by step, you got to follow that example to get the finished product. And, and what, what, what uh, Paul is saying to you who are youth is that your life can actually be an example that people who are older than you can follow. That's wild. That's wild. But in order to do that, your life has to be ordered in a certain way. Paul says, be an example in Speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. See, the speech, conduct, and love, I want to package those under to get all together. And be an example of saying, you know what? I'm going to go against what our world and the patterns of the people around me. I loved your testimonies because I know that this is only for the testimonies, but I know all the youth can say the same thing. And us who are a little more seasoned than them will know that back in our day, but there are times where the pattern of our society was so strong. It was like a, was like a wave, right? Like a tidal wave. And you feel like you were standing against it. And you're like, I can't do this. You feel like you're going to shake. You're going to fall. But what, what Paul's saying here is, guys, you don't have to crumble under that pressure because your God has got you. So you can be an example in the way you talk and not following what everyone else is saying. In the way you love people. While other people might be bullying people, you can love saying, no, I'm not going to bully that person. I'm going to love that, that, that girl. I'm going to love that, that, that guy in that locker next to me in fourth period during math class. And that's how we love in a way that's different from the world. That's how our conduct is different. You know, I like Star Wars and I like Rogue One. And uh, the idea of Rogue One, the movie, is that there was people who, who wanted to buck the system because they believed in what they believed. And I, need, I think what God wants to see is, is, a, is a generation of youth who have a rogue kind of mindset for God, though, who say, you know what, I'm not going to follow just what everyone else in our culture is doing. I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to rebel against our cultural pattern, and I'm going to go for God's plan here. Yeah. To see you guys go rogue would be awesome. It would be awesome. And This is the reason why you can do it, you who are youth today. We talk about this, that we are ordinary people, aren't we? We're just just normal people, us who follow Jesus. But that's only partially true. Because when we put our faith in Jesus, when we we believe that Jesus died for our sins so that we don't have to be separated from God for eternity and experience God's wrath in hell, but instead have been forgiven and experience eternal life and forgiveness with God in heaven, when that happens, we are ordinary people, but something extraordinary happens in each of our lives. See, God gives you his Holy Spirit. So it doesn't matter if you're five years old or 95 years old, if you are a follower of Jesus and have surrendered your life, God's Holy Spirit lives in you permanently. The Bible says you've been sealed. And so when you're, are, you're walking the hallways of your high school or your junior high and you're thinking, can I be an example? You need to remember that God, if you're following Jesus, God lives in you. He lives in you to empower you to do the things he wants you to do. And when you live that life, it's better. I think all of us have experienced the failures of going with the flow and looking back and saying, why did I do that for? But no one's regretted saying, I've stood up for Jesus, and he he came through for me. It's the Spirit of God who will help you with that. He'll help you with that. I want to give you three Ps here, three ways to live this extraordinary life. It's passion, purity, and Purpose. Passion is this. Paul says, be an example in your faith as well. You know, one thing that that just blows me away about youth, and you guys who are here today in this youth service, you're doing this to me right now, you're doing this to others, is your youthful zeal, Uh, this youthful passion. And, And I think sometimes as adults, their youthful passion could be despised as youthful foolishness. And sometimes we kind of we corner our youth in our minds. And that's not fair because youthful passion is a God-given thing. But it's God-given to be used for God when it's in the right place. And that's why Paul says, be an example in your faith. Faith. And for you who are youth, man, I just pray that your passion for Jesus, your faith, would be where that zeal comes from, where that excitement. And yeah, maybe you don't have the life experience that others might. Maybe you don't know what it's like to hold down a 40, 50, 60-hour-a-week job, but you know your God, and you have a passion to serve him. Um, I, love, I love how, how one, of the, one of the youth said that, that when this verse made sense, it ignited, ignited a passion. Um, man, don't underestimate what God could do for you and in you as a junior higher and as a high schooler. Um, I, I, for one, can tell you God rocked me my sophomore year of high school, and I have never looked back. I, I, I promise you that. He rocked me at a camp, and he said, Eric, you can lead people. So I started trying to lead my classmates in high school. And I know there's others who say, God has rocked them at a young age. And yeah, there's ups and downs. You're going to fall on your face. I did it. Many of us, all of us have done it. But you can say, but, but I know whom I believed in, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep me. That's when our faith ignites that zeal. And you know, for us who are uh, not youth, when you see the zeal of a youth, let that seep in your heart and encourage you. Because sometimes us who are older, we get apathetic, can't we? Like, oh, I I used to be excited about Jesus, and then I grew up. And now I'm lame and boring. And you need the youth to ignite your faith again sometimes. Because you know what? They're in more of a pressure cooker than any of us are. You think you're feeling pressure in the workplace, try being in a lunchroom f- surrounded by people who are mad at you because you're reading your Bible. You know. If you think you feel pressure in the family and just experience what the youth are going through when they're on the bus, when they're hallways. And so when you see their zeal, man, you encourage that. You encourage them. Passion. You guys can be passionate for Jesus. He'll rock you. The second one is purity. Paul says, be an example to the believers. In speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Purity. You know, God delights in a heart that's sold out for him. And of course, our culture hates what God delights in, so it does everything it can to make our youth go wayward. And we know the temptations that surround us to have an impure heart. And we know all of us have in our hearts a desire either to look at impurely or to be looked at impurely. Because sometimes it feels good about ourselves, but we realize it's an empty feeling that ultimately leads to hurt and heartache. But when you stand firm in your purity, saying, God, I want to honor you with with who I am, with with how I dress, with how I look. When I notice someone who's attractive and I want to lust, I'm going to choose not to because, God, you want purity and I want that from my heart. Fighting for purity means when you fail, when you visit that website and you fail and you say, man, God, I failed, that you come to somebody who, who's a mature believer and you confess your sins to them and to God and say, God, forgive me, it's knowing that God forgives you and you don't have to walk with that guilt and shame because you say, I'm pursuing purity still. I'm still walking, God. I'm choosing to honor you with my life. I love Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. But in verse 9, it says, How can a young man or woman keep their way pure? And that's a great question a lot of us are asking, right? How can I live a pure life? There, there, there's, I'm being bombarded, I'm being assaulted. sexual immorality and and all kinds of stuff like that on buses, billboards, phones, internet, computer, Netflix, wherever you're at, school, how can I live pure? And this is the answer God's word says, by living according to God's word. And then it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you're a youth today, man, I say, let God's word filter your mind and give you a strength to fortify your life so that you can fight when you're tempted, and that you can repent when you fail, and you can receive God's forgiveness. That's what it looks like to walk with purity. It's not perfection. You're going to fail. We've all failed. But walking in purity is choosing to say, you know what? When I fail, I'm getting back up, and I'm pursuing Christ. Passion, purity, and the last word is purpose. Paul goes on in the next few verses. He says, do not neglect the gift you have which has been given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. He's talking to, to Timothy here, who, who um, God's, God's elders, they laid their hands on him, they, they prophesied over him, he received spe- different spiritual gifts, he's working on those gifts as a pastor, but by application, for you who are youth today, use your gifts. God's given you a purpose. Don't let our world define what you, who you are and what your identity is, but know that God defines it. He gives you a purpose to make a difference for his kingdom. To be David's, to be Joseph's and Mary's and Daniel's. To be the kind of youth who say, I'm sold out for Jesus. I got a purpose. And right now, my mission field are my classmates. Maybe it's your household, your family. But say, I got a purpose. And this purpose was given to me by God. And he's given you gifts to use to fulfill your purpose. This is something that's thrilling about our youth services. Because the youth are using their gift. Some of them are like, never put me on a stage. I don't want to talk. But behind the scenes, they're they're elbows deep working hard. And others are like, man, I'm not good at that, but I'm good at this over here. And using your gifts, and this is just the tip of the iceberg of what God can and will do through you guys. This is what our God does. So be an example to passion, purity, and your purpose. Last thing, I want to talk to parents. I think sometimes with our youth, um, we, see their, we see their potential, don't we? And you just want it, you long for it. You see how great. But sometimes, as parents, you see, you, you, you know your kid's dirt. <laughs> you know it all. And you're trying to reconcile those things sometimes. And I just want to tell you, man, when your child fails, um, teach them repentance, teach them grace. We, we don't want our youth to feel hindered from serving the Lord because mom and dad or family and friends, relatives, know my dirt. Um, it's knowing your dirt, their dirt and saying, God, but you can and will bring healing and wholeness here and empowering your, your, your youth to serve the Lord. So when they're here on a Sunday morning and maybe they're trying to worship, but they had a bad week, and rather than saying, you're such a hypocrite, you know, say, man, how, how can I help my, my child? learn repentance so that, yeah, you can worship the Lord. Because we've all had bad weeks. Bad lives. <laughs> I mean, and yet when we come here, we know that in God's presence there's no condemnation. And so we, our youth, our, our kids, adults, we've got to know we come and we come, we can lay our hearts bare before God. God, I've messed up. I have, I have, I have just failed you immensely. But this today, Lord, today's a new day. Today I'm going to repent. Today I'm going to, I'm going to honor you. Let me worship you while we're here. Maybe I'll do so through tears. Maybe I'm doing so just wrestling in my heart. But you, you come alongside of your youth and you empower them to worship. Empower them to use their gifts. Inspire them. Love them. Pray for them. And as we watch them use their gifts, as, as we uh, see what God does to them as he's been doing today, man, Let's just say, God, you can do this. You can do this. For those of you who are youth, man, I hope that even today it was just a small picture of what God can and will do and is doing through you. Be encouraged, man, be encouraged. Because God is faithful. And even if you fail, he can redeem that and use you for mighty, mighty ways. We got any Josephs in the house? Any Davids? Passionate when others mock your God? And he Mary, saying, God, let your will be done in my life. And he Daniel, say, hey, I'm going to be different. Yeah, that's what I want to see. That's what God wants to see. So let no one look down on your youthfulness. But be an example to the believers in conduct, speech, love, faith, and purity. Let's pray. God, I thank you, Lord, for um, each of our young people, man. God, and each of their parents and their family members and their friends who are here today. And Lord, um, we, we want to, we just seek your wisdom. We need your help to live out this Christian life with all that goes on. But Lord, I pray that you would just cause that seed that's being sowed in the youth today to flourish in their hearts, that their faith would be in Jesus who died for their sins, who saved them from your wrath, from, their con- from the kind of nation due to them, that they would believe him, that they would repent, that they would turn from their old ways, and they'd live for you and love you with all their heart and all their soul, with all their mind, with all their strength, giving you glory. So we thank you, God, for all that you're doing today. What a delight. And we give you all the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, let's all rise to our feet here. And uh, we have some of our youth who are going to be our prayer prayer team today. uh, prayer leaders, you guys can come forward to my left and to my right, and we're going to have uh, two of our youth also in the back as part of the prayer team. And God's stirring your heart, man, today, and you want someone to pray with you. Again, like always, we say, it maybe it's related to what's going on in today's service, but maybe it has nothing to do with today, but it's something that's on your heart, and you'd love someone to pray with you.